0: So here we are. It's Pentecost Sunday. Hot and sunny outside. You can't invite anyone round for a barbecue till tomorrow. So you're my captive audience for a while. Um, now Pentecost is one of those key shifts in in the history of the church. It's sometimes called the birth of the church. And I think it'd just be good. It's going to take a while, but it, it's good to hear the whole story of the day of Pan- Pentecost. And you can find it in Acts two Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia phrygia and pamphylia egypt and parts of libya near cyrene visitors from rome both jews and converts judaism cretans and arabs we hear them declaring the wonders of god in our own tongues amazed and perplexed they asked one another what does this mean some however made fun of them and said they've had too much wine peter then stood up with the eleven Raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to Blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, fellow Israelites, listen to this Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, Nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and all the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all them who the Lord will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. In some senses I don't need to say any more, Um, but at least today you can say you've heard one great sermon even if I don't say another word. It's interesting to note that the story starts in, a, in, some, in both a familiar and an alien uh, way to our current context. Just before his ascension, uh, Jesus told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and stay there, effectively kind of putting them into a bit of a lockdown. It wasn't as long as the one we've been in, or quite as constrained, but it was a lockdown all the same. But they were all together in one place. And I think we all share a bit of pain of not being together in one place. It's lovely seeing lots of faces, but actually I think we all feel a little bit of the pain of separation. Millions of sermons have been preached on the, on this passage, and I just want to unpack just one or two things that from the story that's just going to hopefully inspire us today. Firstly, if we take a look back one chapter into, um, into Acts 1, to jesus ascension as jesus ascends into heaven uh, the disciples are standing there looking up after jesus looking up into the heaven and then two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them they told the startled disciples galileans why are you staring up into the sky jesus has been taken from you into heaven but he will come back the same way he saw you ascend the angels were kind of effectively reminding the, the disciples like this is what jesus told you about he's going to the father and your work is down here at least for the next period so be focused on down here and this is you think about the great commission that's what they were told but jesus had been taken away from them and we can see so at the end of the gospels how disturbed they were by being in this rather strange place of having had Jesus ministering for three years with them, and now he's gone, and now they're left a bit bereft. But similarly, we're on the earth, and this has to be our focus here and now. The recurring message at Telford Minster is there are 170,000 people in Telford to whom Jesus needs to be made known. And our job is to reach as many of those with the gospel as we can and yes we can do it together but what lockdown has done it's given us a great opportunity to talk to neighbours you know on a Thursday night have you met anybody you've never met before now we've lived in our road for 20 years and we've met people we've never met before in our street and a lovely thing is they're going around and visiting individual gardens every Thursday night now we may not be clapping on every Thursday evening anymore but these people are going to continue visiting gardens and as from monday as from tomorrow you can invite neighbors into your garden for a barbecue or even arrange a street party out front with your barbecues there are so many opportunities that actually our neighbors have been brought nearer to us that we can actually share jesus with them more naturally because we now have a deeper relationship with them the second thing i think we need to understand is that the importance of the holy spirit now i had not intended tuning into the ctep service last week um i kind of bumped into it accidentally uh it's about half an hour through i'd missed james and amy's worship but happened across the famous kevin roberts um preaching don't want to embarrass you kevin but actually you know i I can sit and just listen to you for an awful long time. But one thing you said was really, really um, fascinating, and that was about there being a human being in the Trinity. I've never actually thought of it in that way. But this is, in a sense, what this portion of history is all about. Jesus came to the earth sort of fully human, and like the rest of us, he could only be in one place at one time. While he was on earth, nearly everything was focused around him. The very presence of God on earth contained in one human body. And whilst that was truly amazing, that wasn't God's plan for reaching the whole earth. It would take a long time for Jesus to get around. And Jesus had told the disciples, he says, I'm going, but I will send you the Holy Spirit to be an advocate. And then we come to this story boom i did think about doing a bit of wind and fire behind us because we got the we got a fan there and the and the cooker but we'll we'll not be doing that could be a bit dangerous (laughs) um but if you if you look either side of this passage and you compare the group of people who are talked about in the gospels and the group of people who are talked about in the acts of the apostles they are largely the same group of people but they are vastly different people and what's the difference the difference is the holy spirit you think on the night of jesus betrayal jesus denies knowing jesus yet in a few weeks he's standing up in thousands in front of thousands of people in jerusalem not only Acknowledging who Jesus is, but telling the full story, bold as brass, in front of everybody. And the difference is the Holy Spirit. And again, it, you read back in Luke 10, and there's a, a father complaining that Jesus had begged his disciples to, to drive a demon out of his son, but they couldn't. And then in Acts 3, Peter and John happen across the, the lame man at the beautiful gate. And you hear the confidence in in his words when Peter says, look at us, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man did. What you see here is something, uh, uh, you know, from a place of not being able to do something, they are confidently expecting Jesus to turn up through the spirit and the man is healed. And then just a couple of chapters on, Stephen preaches with amazing boldness. It's in Acts 7. It's the most incredible uh, sermon. And it has such an effect on the members of the Sanhedrin that they stoned him to death. Now, I'm not suggesting that uh, we should follow his style of preaching but there is a man full of the confidence full of the holy spirit and he even sees a vision of heaven at the end of his sermon and this is the difference the holy spirit makes to lives the holy spirit is what gives us the courage to speak the words to speak and the healing power they all come from the holy spirit and the third thing is it's for everyone. You know, Peter closed this sermon and said, With repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, he has called each one of us. This Holy Spirit is... For each one of us we're included in it if we believe we're included and that's regardless of what you think about yourself I just want to share just a few personal words around around this here because um, I sense that some of you might find this just a little bit encouraging I don't know and if you're on the whatsapp group You'll have noticed earlier in the week, there being a kind of, a little flutter of activity around the wildfires conference. Now, as I was preparing today, quite a few people said that, you know, how, how good it was. I thought, I would better have a listen to that. So I did. And Pete Gregg spoke absolutely wonderfully. His words were spot on, wise words. But for me, I'm looking at it thinking, look at all those books behind him. No, I don't read books, I can't read books. That is a whole other story. But he's got bookcases crammed with books, he's got wise words, he's got passion. And for me, that just made me feel a little bit lacking. Now we have some very gifted people among us, uh, some very gifted speakers. That actually places a great challenge on any of us speaking. Are we up to it? And for me, actually, you know, I actually lack quite a lot of confidence. I don't speak much on Zoom because, again, I lack a little bit of confidence. However, I remember God telling me early in my time as a church leader, and this is a message that anyone who feels just a little bit lacking in self-confidence should listen to he said do not compare yourself to anyone else or any other church mm-hmm. now it's a word that's ingrained deep within me mm-hmm. and it acts as a gentle reminder now to repent not to beat myself up to repent i am not beat reg and i'm not anybody else either I have my own call and my own gifting in the Holy Spirit. It's very different to some people's, but it's no less important. And the same goes for all of us. None of us have an identical calling. So to actually look at one another and compare, and compare yourselves that's not your call. And this is the essence of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes with a bit of a whoosh and a flourish. And the sound of the whoosh and the flourish is what drew people to where the disciples were but then the people are amazed because they hear them speaking their own languages all the disciples were involved they were all involved by being empowered by the holy spirit to speak in other languages yes peter preached an amazing sermon but the foundation was laid by the Holy Spirit being poured out on everybody and then expressing the Holy Spirit through their mouth. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, the empowering and emboldening of an army of people to go and do what they have been called to do where they've been called to do it. The calling is unique and individual. Your calling is unique and individual. You can't do it on your own, it has to be done with the power of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, there is no one better placed or equipped to reach your neighbours than you. The way you do it will probably be unique. And of course, your neighbours, as we've been praying, we've been praying for workplaces today. I've got two and a half thousand neighbours at college. and neighbours are the people around us, the people we meet. They're also the people who live around us. And we are uniquely placed, uniquely gifted, to spread the word of God, to spread the love of God, and to spread the power of the Holy Spirit around our neighbours. This is Pentecost. It moved power, the power of God from the one to everyone. And this is how the world will be reached. So just recapping the three things, our work is here and now and around us. Secondly, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit to do the work, but we need to be, keep being filled all the time because we leak. And part of that's part of the job. And the third thing is our calling is unique, individual and genuine. It's not secondhand. So don't crave after somebody else's ministry ask god what it is that he wants you to do where you are with the people around you and that's the key thing now it wouldn't be pentecost if we didn't pray to be filled for the holy spirit would it to be filled or refilled. now normally this would be an easy an easy job we'd be in a building together we could lay hands on one another and we could pray but I want to tell you a little story that will lead us into praying. Some of you may remember uh, back in the days of um, the Toronto Blessing, things were a little bit wild, active. God is no less active now, but I remember somebody in a in a talk once said, "You can pray for yourself if you're filled with the Holy Spirit." And I was like, "Can you?" and I remember at work the following day having an awful lot of explaining to do whilst picking myself up off the floor having prayed for myself sitting in an office chair. Because God had answered my prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I ended up on the floor. That was a great way into testimony, obviously. So that's what we're going to do now. Now, if, if, if there's two of you in the house, you might want to do this, pray for each other. But especially if you're on your own, let's just find a place where you feel comfortable. And you can sit, you can lie down, whatever you fancy, but a place where you're actually open to receiving something of God. You can close your eyes, you have your eyes open, You you may even want to put your hand on your head or on your heart, something like that. It's entirely up to you what you want to do. And now we simply pray, come Holy Spirit. Lord, you poured out your spirit on the day of Pentecost. You radically changed lives. You changed disciples who were timid into apostles who were brave and courageous. And Lord, we pray that you would fill us right now with your spirit that you would embolden us to speak, that you would give us those words to speak, that you would give us those um, meetings with people, that you would give us words of knowledge. Lord, we can only do this by your Spirit. So we ask you now to come and fill us to overflowing. Bring your peace to our hearts. Stir our hearts with your life. Stir our hearts with your love, with... For a love for Jesus, stir our hearts with a love for our neighbours. But Lord, we want to be different people again because we have been emboldened and encouraged and enlivened and infilled with the Holy Spirit to go and breathe life into the people we meet. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, let us be filled continually and continually being filled. And let us be pouring this out into the world around us to bring people nearer to you, to bring people to faith. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen.